Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. to give God a good shout of praise. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in the Father's house. Come on. Alive and cracking. Amen. The world ain't got nothing on our music, man. Nothing on our music. Remember? I mean, some of you back in the day, you could, man, you used to tear it up. You weren't shy. You were shy. I mean, everyone, my wife, they think she's real quiet and shy and stuff. But back in the day when her song came out, she'd go out and dance by herself. You know, and then she started doing that. I just, I just walk off like, <laughs> amen. But it's good to be in the house of God where you could just let loose and give him praise. Amen. Amen. But before we get in the word, I want you to turn around to your neighbor, greet him, let him know it's good to see you in the house of God tonight. I just want to thank our pastor for giving me the opportunity to minister tonight. Amen. And to our, our stay-at-homies who are watching us live on stream. Amen. You know, I'll, I know a lot of illnesses are going around, so some people have been calling me and texting me, like, letting them know, hey, we're, just, we're down with the cold or whatever it is. And you know what? Just, uh, you know, we, we know you're watching. We know you're there in your pajamas, in your robe, watching us. Amen. But we miss you here. But get well, get soon uh, to the house of God. Amen? Amen. Well, this, more, this evening, actually, I want to minister tonight. I titled this message, Reason for Seasons. Reason for Seasons. Amen. And one of the areas, I mean, we look at how we see, we have four seasons. We have, uh, we have what, summer, uh, spring, winter, and fall. In every season, we, it, it, we learn something. We learn what not to do, what to do, how to prepare. We know, you know, we, we, we watch the forecast. We do all these things. But in those seasons, we're learning things. But as Christians, you and I will go through seasons. Yes, seasons where we are going to grow and develop. And those of you who have been, are, are just new to the things of God, I mean, you're in a season of growth. You're in a season of awakening. But then there are those who of us who have been here for a length of time where God is still doing something in your life, but you will still go through pain and suffering. But how many know that trials are our friend? I call them my frenemy. I don't like trials. I don't like tribulations. But I do know, and I, I've already come to mind to know that I know that there is a lesson in there. I know that God is trying to develop something in me. And in the, oftentimes it's, it's, it's something that I've yet to learn. How many, how many here can be stubborn sometimes in, in a lesson that I want to do it my way? Amen. We got some honest people on this side. We'll, we'll pray for you all over on this side. <laughs> But we don't, sometimes you, 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 you just, 
are not getting it. Or you just feel like, you know what, let me try it this way one more time. You know, I'm, I'm that guy that if I'm going to do something and, and I'll, I'll do it to my best and to my best ability, but it's not working. And my wife will come up with a simple solution. Have you prayed? Amen. Good idea. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, there's your problem right there. Amen. And so I would say, you know what, God? Help me to fix this. Help me to figure out, and boom, it falls into place. And I realize is that God oftentimes, when we're going through things, the last person we turn to is the Holy Spirit. What does this person say? What does that individual say? What does this book say? What, is, what, is, uh, what are the experts say? What does TikTok say? We're quick to go to TikTok, Google, and every other avenue of social media to figure out how to do that. That's one of the things that drives me crazy when millennials tell me they say. They. Who's they? They say this, and they say you do this, and they say this. And what happens oftentimes is that we will figure out that that way and they were wrong. So trials, I mean, how many married people we have here tonight? Amen. You put your hand down, brother. We were <laughs> parents, how many, how many parents we have here tonight? Grandparents. See, in their lives also, their trials become our trials sometimes. As Marys, as couples, you will go through things. And there's a pain that's involved in sometimes. And sometimes it's a personal trial, but sometimes it's a family trial. And sometimes we see some of our children or some of our grandchildren not going in the right direction that we would like them to. And so that becomes weighed upon us. But we learn, we learn. Trials and tribulations are times of testing. And oftentimes they tend to catch us off guard. We don't expect it. We don't, we don't anticipate. Sometimes, man, we could wake up and we could have a beautiful day or we could leave service and say, you know what, man, that was awesome, man. God spoke to me, man. And, you know, let's, let's stop at Walmart and let's go get something, that, you know. Let's bake a cake. Let's do something, you know. So you, you're all excited and then, boom, later on that evening, boom, it comes knocking at the door. And it gets louder. And it gets louder. And in your heart, you're saying, don't answer the door. But it's there. And it's right in your face. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1. The one thing about trials and tribulation is that many times they will expose fear. They will expose anxieties that we have, anger, even self-pity. They bring sorrow and pain. Trials and tribulations do a lot of things, but what good do they do? What's the benefit of it? You know, one of the things that I've heard this is, is like, why did God take me out of all that nonsense that I was in, all that darkness that I was in, to bring me to his marvelous light only to 
to expose me to pain. Why is that? Because there is a purpose for your pain. And James reads it like this. Chapter 1, verses 2. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Another version says, let it run its course. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Pray with me tonight. Father, I thank you for this evening. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, I pray that tonight, Lord God, that your word, Lord, fall on good ground. Devil, I come against you in your assignment to distract your, the people of God, to distract the disciple. Father, I pray, Lord God, that our hearts are receptive, that our eyes are open, Lord God, our ears are open to hear what you're saying to us tonight. Father, I'm mindful of your presence, Lord. I ask that you take full control of this service. Lord, I give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise in your son's blessed name. Amen. Reason for seasons. See, in this portion of scripture, James is talking about those irritations. Irritations that you and I will go to those, those imponderables, those, those inconveniences, the trials and the tears, the tribulations that you and I often will go through as believers. Where you could have those moments where, man, you're so overjoyed at what God is doing in your life. But then something hits you that you really don't fully understand. Like, why? Why? So with the trials, with the tears, the tribulations that come into our lives, I love how this one person said that. He says, we all have trials and tribulations. However, the lens that we choose to look at them through can change the view. It's how you see it. If you see yourself and become, you, you start to go into a, a, a depth of self-pity where you start to saying, God, why me? And feeling sorry for yourself. Or if you look through it through the view where you say, you know what? God is trying to do something in my life. The lens of despair where you become self-pity and you start to uh, say to yourself that your life is over. Why me, God? Or you could look through the lens of hope. Hope in having an expectation. I like to use the acronym of holding on patiently expecting. Because I know God is up to something. I know God is doing something behind the scenes. I don't see what's fully taking place. All I see is my pain and my suffering at that moment. But God is always doing something. God is always moving in our favor. God, if you can imagine this, he has yours and mine best interests at heart. At heart. He says, look, I have a plan and a purpose for you to give you a hope. See, God didn't take you out of the miry clay to throw you into a mud pit. He took you out and he placed you on a solid foundation. And through that foundation, you are able to build a relationship with him. Pastor Ruben said it this way. He said, the glory outweighs the affliction. 
The glory, the glory where God is going to do. See, if we could see the glory without going through the affliction, we'd be okay. But see, we cannot sing the loudest until after the storm. It's after the storm. How many hear that when you've gone through it, man, you're saying, man, God, thank you, Jesus, I got through that. God, thank you, Jesus, that those results weren't what they, I thought they were going to be. You know, sometimes you ever get the, where you, where you let somebody know a little bit about what's going on in your life? Be careful with that. And I say this for this reason. Everybody's experience is different. Sometimes you, you, you end up telling negative Nancy and she gives you all the wrong things that are going to happen. Oh, man, that happened to my tia Consuelo, and man, you know what, her, her eye popped out, and, and it's just like, you're like, man, I just got, I just got an infection. Man, doctor said just, you know, well, you, you, you know, you got to, because not everybody has wisdom. Not everybody. Worldly vis- wisdom is different than godly wisdom. You know, you have an individual that you can trust, an individual that you know has a solid walk with God, that would be an individual that you would confront and say, look, can I ask you a question? We don't turn to Facebook. We don't turn to Instagram. We don't turn to, you know, this, this uh, preacher and that preacher and this preacher and that preacher, that evangelist and that person. That everybody has an opinion. But I always say, what does God say? What does God say? So we look through the lens of hope. Apostle Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and it reads this. They'll put it up on the board. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory. Say that again. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth, not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. See, your pain has a purpose. God is aligning you and I up for a breakthrough. But you will not see the breakthrough until you go through it. Till you go through it. Some of us, man, we avoid, how many here avoid pain at all costs? We avoid it. If I tell you, you know, as a nurse, when I'd give shots, I'd get like a big old needle and I, man, I'm ready. And they look at it and they say, is this going to hurt? And I say, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. I hate shots. I hate doctors. I hate going to the hospital. I hate all that stuff. But I know that sometimes I need to take care of things. And we see, there's times, man, where God is just speaking to you. God is just giving it to you. God has got that sword, man, and he's cutting you up and exposing you. And he reaches down there and he pulls out that that nonsense that's in there and he's pulling out. It hurts. It hurts, and in your spirit, you're saying, somebody told Pastor Reuben that that's me. He's nailing me. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, you often call him something. 
Something told me not to go down that way. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told you don't do that. The Holy Spirit told you no, don't take that. The Holy Spirit says no, get that out of your life. The Holy Spirit is always going to re reveal to you what's best for you. It's not like he loves you less. He wants the best for you and I. The best. So Paul says to, to consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will re be revealed in us. See, what good does trials bring? What good? What is it? Trials produce, and this ain't a bad word, maturity. This is why trials are a blessing to us. Because through it, you will be a more mature individual. James 1.4 describes a progression where trials produce perseverance and perseverance maturity. Maturity doesn't reference your time in church. Well, I've been here for you know, since 1976. Okay, good. Then there should be a level of maturity in your life. I've seen some individuals who've only been serving the Lord for a short time, and they got it. See, it's all about the choices that we want to make, that we want to see growth in our life, that we want to see results. How many of us are tired of just going in circles and circles and circles with the same issue? And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know you wouldn't anyway. <laughs> right? Because one of, the, one of the areas about the human nature is, is that we don't like to admit fault. Amen. So when God zeroes in on specifically what it is that is wrong with us, that is an opportunity for you to say, Lord, that's me. That's me. And I'm, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to take it to you and I'm going to say, you know what, God, I, I, I ask that you remove this anger from me. You know, when I first got saved back in 2009, 2009, I remember there was like a couple weeks there where I just felt like, man, God's on my side. Who could be against me, you know? <laughs> I remember my wife, she was saved a, a whole year before me. So, you know, she, she, was, she was growing or she were, you know, she, she was solid. But me, Mansell, I remember we pulled up to this one parking lot at a McDonald's in Norwalk. And there was a little, a little hut selling cigarettes and stuff. And granted, though, in the, that morning, there was like no parking. Every, there was like no, no, nobody there. The whole parking lot was like two acres and there's nobody there. And I parked right there. 
And I remember we walked out. We had a good breakfast, and we're walking out, and the man comes out and tells me, you don't park there no more. That's my parking. And I'm like, seriously, dude, look, you know, you could park 200 cars here. Why are you worried about, you know? And so I remember I looked at him. I said, you know what? You don't talk to me like that. I curse your business in the name of Jesus. It'll burn. You will not sell them. My wife was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, sir. Sorry. Hey, hey. Whoa, Anthony, you can't talk like that. Well, he can't. He doesn't know who my father is, you know. Started pulling all that nonsense. And so that was my immaturity. That was me thinking that I was something that I wasn't. And God had to show me, he says, look, you can't go out. You are an ambassador. That when you step out, you represent me. You represent the kingdom. You represent living word. You represent your family. Act right. Act like you've been there before. Straighten up. And so I had to learn all these things. So God had to teach me these things. To be patient. How many here struggle with patience? Amen. The six of you. Man, we're going somewhere. I got two more. I'm still working on this side over here. We do patience. Patience on the 405. Come on. Somebody cuts you off. Somebody took your spot. You were waiting for that spot at Walmart and you had your blinker on and they just turned right in and took it. And the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. Don't do it. And then you look to take your Bible off the dashboard. You stick it under there. You look to make sure you ain't got no Jesus is, is, uh, is one way on your car. Anything that associates you with living word. None of that. But your patience will be tested. And it's all part of us maturing in the things of God. Maturity. The definition is having reached the most advanced stage in a process. The most advanced stage in the process. So the goal for you and I is to become a solid disciple of Jesus. To become a solid individual that can walk upright. That we don't always have to cradle you. We don't always have to check in on you. That we don't always have to be all hovering over you. But that we see that you have a solid walk with God. That you're able That you're able to just say, you know what, I'm a mature individual. I know that when I have troubled times, I could go to my knees. I have access to the throne of God. And I could just call on him and say, Jesus, help me in this situation. Help me. Sometimes you just need to speak to yourself and just say, God, help me. Because I have to say it to myself. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Like my brother was saying last time, you wake up. Man, you wake up in the morning, man. You look at yourself and you say, good Lord Jesus. You had a rough night. You did. You tossed and turned, man. That enemy kept slapping you in your sleep. Nothing was going right, man. And, and, and you know what? You just, just weathered through the day. And you get up. But that's an opportunity to say, you know what? How it started is not how it's going to end. Mm-mm. I, you know what, man? Uh, uh, 
it's, it's, it's already starting off bad, but I'm not going to let it stay there. I'm going to put on some worship music, man. I'm going to just get God just humming in this house. I'm going to just have to, sometimes you have to anoint yourself. Sometimes you need to get some oil and slap it on yourself and say, God, touch me. Anoint me, God, to, to just have a day, Lord, to glorify you. And we just go through the whole day. Amen? How many can say, I am growing through it? And that's what we are. We're growing through it. Maturity doesn't reference the time, like I said, of your time here in service in church. See, there are six signs that you are becoming a mature Christian. Real quickly, you see trials as training. You see a trial as a lesson that you're being taught. Am I going to learn through this? Or am I going to just let it pass? It's kind of like when you had to take the test for the DMV. How many here didn't pass it the first time? Don't raise your hand. Too late. <laughs> but you know how to drive. But until you pass the test, you're not going to be licensed. So you don't pass it, you get to come back and take it again. You don't pass it again, you don't... If you don't pass it by the third or fourth time, amen, I don't want you to drive. Amen. Amen. I mean, I used to love it when all our youth, when they all started, you know, when they, when they first, your parents let you drive, you want to drive everywhere. Can I back it out of the driveway? You know, can I, you know, honey, we didn't got no bread. Can I go go to the store to get the bread? I'll go. They'll volunteer for everything. But once they get their license, you can't get them to do nothing. You can't. Hey, mijo, can you move the car to the street creeper? Why do I got to move the car? Why? Man, you know, and so, so as they grow and they develop, I used to tell them, hey, you got your license? Yeah, okay, give me 15 minutes head start after service. Let me go before you get on the freeway. <laughs> but I've seen them all get their licenses, amen. It's always a blessing to see them develop in the things of God, amen. So the second thing, you pray and hold to God's word with a wide perspective, you pray and hold to God's word with a wide perspective. Everything that you and I need to develop and become mature Christians is in the word of God. It's in the word of God. You don't need to get, you know, uh, uh, Tia Concha's uh, six rules of becoming a, a mature woman. All those, all those authors, all those things. Because if they're not referencing the Bible, they're just coming up with their own opinions. So it's the word of God that is going to develop and train you. See, one of the reasons mature Christians look to scriptures for guidance and wisdom is because God's truth never changes. Human nature never changes. So God's word written thousands of years ago are still applies to us today. The word of God is old as long as it has been, has been on the number one seller for eternity. The word of God is always going to be there. It is always going to be, it's always at the top. Why? Because it is the truth. It is the truth and it is, it is in our lives to develop us. So the next thing would be is that you respond to a rebuke with receptivity. I don't like to get rebuked. I don't. I work hard not to get rebuked. And I say, Lord, let me please you. 
Because the worst rebuke that you could receive is from the Lord. But when the Lord rebukes you, it's irrefutable. Somebody, a leader could rebuke you and you could say to yourself, your flesh could say, well, you know what? They don't know all the circumstances. They don't know what I'm going through. They don't know. And they probably don't have all the facts. But when the Lord rebukes you, he knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows the motive behind it. He knows the attitude that you had in it. So when the Lord rebukes you, it is for why? Because he loves you. See, if your father didn't love you, he wouldn't correct you. He wouldn't correct you. We have institutions that are overpopulated because they didn't have the the discipline. They didn't have the direction, an individual to speak into their lives. So this is that we have to value and say, you know what, God, I understand that this is for my benefit, for my maturity level, for me to grow and develop in the things of God. Next is that you gradually... Habitual sins are fading. Meaning what? All those little sins that we refer to as issues, habits, shortcomings, they start to fade slowly because the Holy Spirit is dealing with you and you're starting to say, you know what? I don't need to do that. I don't need to lie. I don't need to come up with excuses. Let your yes be yes. Let your yes be yes. See, an individual that is trainable, an individual that is teachable, is an individual that is able to take a rebuke. And able to take it and say, okay. Like my mom used to say, hey, pick up your lip when you're walking away because you're going to trip on yourself. Sometimes it stings. Sometimes, man, when the rebuke comes, man, and you're all chippy long, you're all, uh, they don't love me. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Calvary. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. You go, and look, you could go everywhere, but when God's dealing with you, he'll find you wherever you try to hide. Hide, run, run. I dare you to run. See how far you go, because when you get there, guess what? God was already there waiting for you. Already waiting for you. Trials will test and strengthen your faith. Trials prove the genuineness of your faith. You ever find out somebody who is not who they said they were? I'm always amazed at all those individuals who always like to boast about who they were. Oh, I did this, I did that. You know, they made this movie about me. They did all, uh, they did all these things. Right? It's always the ones who don't say nothing who are the crazy ones. It's the quiet ones. The one who always has to tell you how big, how bad, how this and how everything that they did. Those are the ones who didn't do nothing. They just have a good story. A good liamony. <laughs> Trials will test our faith. Trials will prove the genuineness of your faith. Faith not tested is faith not trusted. Yeah. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, couples 
Trials will come in waves. And when the doors are being pounded on, sometimes you don't want to answer it. But the sooner you answer it and face it head on, the sooner you are on your road to maturity. Coupled, marriage. I was telling this to one of the disciples. Marriage is psychological. One of you is psycho and the other one is logical. (laughs) Figure out who's who. (laughs) Amen. If you just got that elbow, you you figure out who's who. Amen. (laughs) But we look at trials, individuals that go through trials. Look at Job. Job was a righteous man, the Bible says. A good man, a faithful man. The Bible says in Job 1.1, a man named Job lived in us. He was a man of integrity. He was decent. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. But then in verse 6 of that chapter, one day when the sons of God came to stand in front of the Lord, Satan, the accuser, came along with them. And the Lord asked Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from wandering around the earth. Lord asked Satan, have you thought about my servant Job? No one in the world is like him. He is a man of integrity. He is decent. He fears God and he stays away from evil. See, the enemy cannot touch you unless the Lord allows it. And so we know the the rest of the story because... The enemy, the devil tells the Lord, yeah, he loves you. Yeah, because you have given him everything. You have blessed him. Look at his cattle, his sheep, his camels. Look at all his wealth. Look at all these things. And I believe that the enemy still goes before. He says, have you considered my son, Raul? Oh, man, have you, have you considered my daughter, Desiree? Have you considered this individual? He stands before the Lord and he accuses you. And the Lord will allow your faith to be tested. Because if you're not being tested, if you are not growing in the fire, if you are not being purged, if you are not getting strengthened in the fire, it is in the fire that you are going to be strengthened. It's the fire that burns, that's strengthening an individual. Because the tool that has been forged into fire is a tool that is usable in the hands of a mighty God. Where you can say, you know what, God, use me. And you want to be used by God. Well, God is going to put you through the fire to test you. And when those tests come, believe me, they can sometimes just be so overwhelming. But I love Isaiah 43 when it says, I will not let the fires consume you. That you could go through the fire and I will be with you. Because we serve a God. He's the fourth man in the fire. He is the one who will stand with you. When those leave you, when everyone forsakes you, he says, I am by your side. See, when Job was going through this, his own friends sat on the hilltop wondering what did he do to deserve this. He must have sinned against his God to deserve all this turmoil. And Job had his moments. Job had his moments where he questioned God. But he finally comes to the conclusion later in the chapter where he said that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of God. See, you're going to have things and God's going to ask you to give it up. How tight are you going to hold on to it? Are you going to release it? 
where you say, you know what, God, you have given me this job. But if you're calling me to do something greater, Lord, you open that door, I will walk through that door. God, I'm going to go where you want me to go. God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And those are the opportunities for you and I to develop and to grow and to become mature. See, that is the heart of our pastor, is that the people of God have a a, a relationship with God. That we are a, a unit, where we are a strength, we are a force that we say, you know what? No weapon. No weapon formed against the people of God will prosper. Why? Because we stand on the promises of God. We stand on those promises. See, those are the developments. There are some of you who are new, new in the Lord. You're going to get your opportunities. You're going to have your moments of trials. And they're going to start off small, but they're going to start to build up. And I wish I could find a scripture here that tells you that you're not going to go through any after you've gone through them because you're going to go through many more. You're going to have many moments where you even question, God, are you there? God, are you hearing my prayers? God, what's going on? God, why is this happening? Why is that sickness coming on my family? God, why, why, why? God will always come back with the answer is is that his grace is sufficient for you. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'll close with this scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. It says this, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us as far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things that which are unseen. See, when you and I face the adversity and the persecutions, it's the mature disciples who will stand firm. They won't just give up when things get complicated. Mature disciples will persevere and stand firm in the face of persecution, sicknesses, suffering, and financial difficulties. That's when you could say, you know what, God, you are my God. You are my God. God, I don't see the whole picture, God, but I know that I am in your, your purpose, God. I know that I am in your plan. I want every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Some of you are in the testing tonight. Some of you are going through some heavy things that you haven't told anybody. Some of us here are about to face some tough times. But it's all part of the process of maturity in our lives. It is all part of the plan. It was James in chapter 1, verse 2, verse 12, actually, that said, Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. See, when James wrote this about the believers who has stood the test, he used the word in Hebrew translated dokimos. The word dokimos refers to someone who is tested, tried, and approved. Tested, tried, and approved. See, this is the individual that has received the seal of God.
that God says, this is my child. Regardless of the circumstances, this is my child. Regardless of the chaos, regardless of all that is going on around you, God has sealed you and you have declared in your heart that he is your God. Tonight, I want to pray for those individuals here who don't know Jesus.